Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is a podcast in a car. So I'm just coming back from uh, New York slash New Jersey, where both those societies invited me down uh, to do the keynote speech and to talk to our uh, medical students, residents, and fellows, and then um, the general session, as well as the controlled substance management uh, session. So we had a, a, a really good meeting. It's uh, one of the better meetings in the country, if not considered in the you know the highest tier. Uh, there were uh, r- real notables, uh, nationally and internationally known folks there, and they gave uh, great talks. It was heavily uh, leaning towards stimulation, a lot on controlled substances, uh, some practice management, and it it was uh, one of those broad brushstrokes that you uh, got even some stuff that was pretty cutting edge in regenerative medicine and um, other things that were just all kind of evolving to now. So I'll tell you a little bit about uh, some things I learned. Um, well, you know, some I... I kind of knew, I didn't know the depth of what I didn't know, though, um, because things change. They change fast, and um, let me talk about stimulation for a minute. There's different types of stimulators out there now, and there's lots of different types of technology. Okay, so, you know, I know that, this uh, newer type of stimulator, brand name Stimwave. Um, as a disclaimer, I don't have any financial interest in it or anything like that, but one of my best friends, Andrew Trescott, uh, is a medical director, and um, she wasn't there, unfortunately. She's teaching in London. Uh, she was there, uh, good fellowship, but we uh, we saw this technology, and uh, we've seen it kind of evolved. It's old radio frequency technology that goes uh, uh, externally with the control device controlled by Bluetooth, even your own cell phone. So it's it's kind of neat, and there's no real internal battery or unit and so therefore you wear everything uh, externalized and we got to hear Dr. Kolodny, uh top dog he uh, uh, gave a, a nice talk about um, the potential pushback and the potential benefits and there's a lot of benefits to this system now to be honest my first uh, stimulator implants back in the day um, they were RF systems, so it's an older technology. And what that means is, yeah, there's a receiver under the skin. It's very small. Everything is very small. But the bulk of the technology is worn. It's on the outside. The dogma up until uh, Stimways uh, was to uh, internalize everything with an uh a generator, and that generator had a lot of microtechnology in it, and it had a battery, and that's a big drawback through the years. Is battery technology really stunk? And what I mean by that, uh, many years we couldn't recharge the battery from the skin. We had to uh, explant the unit, throw it away, put a new one in about every seven to nine years, depending on the power output. And we, if we adjusted the power output pretty high, it could even go less than that. I've seen batteries burn out in a year. So but battery technology has come along quite a ways, and we can recharge from the skin now. So it's less of an issue. Um, however, it is internalized. And the little things that people don't think about, uh, that don't have a lot of experience with these uh, internally placed 
um, generators is where does your belt go? Where does your bathing suit go? Do you not like sitting on them? Oh, wait, I sleep on my right side. That's where the battery is. And up to 10%, sometimes even higher, people say the pocket where the battery is in, it, it isn't comfortable and it hurts, it bothers them. So Stimwave has some benefit there. And um, it's, not, it, it's not a perfect system by any means. Uh, the output is pretty good. Uh, the power usage is pretty good. Uh, and I think it's just going to continue to improve. And the, uh, the advantage of having an externalized system is when the technology improves, it's right there. You just get a new system, so there you have it. All right, so cool is as cool is. Then the, um, the battle uh, over high frequency, that's like 10,000 hertz up versus uh, low frequency. I'm going to put that less than 1,000 hertz. Uh, just won't end. And when you start getting up around 10,000 hertz, you don't have what's called a paresthesia. You don't feel the tingling of the unit. And some people really like that tingling. Some people say it makes them feel warm. Other people just can't stand it. And when you think about the tingling, when you change position, when you lay down, the spinal cord is closer to the lead system. And therefore... Your stimulation changes. It might get more intense. And some people, when they lay down, uh, the distance to the lead really changes. And so they get quite intense paresthesia. They don't like it. And so off goes the system. Uh, They turn it off. And so they don't have the benefits of neuromodulation through the night. And now there's this whole other subset of people that really like that stimulation. And you put high frequency uh, 10,000 hertz in them. They don't feel it. <clears throat> There's really literally no paresthesia. They don't feel the tingling. They're getting neuromodulation, but they don't get any tingling. And therefore, they, they really don't think it's working right in their head or something. I'm sure there's a psychological component to it. But I guess you have to kind of work through all that. Um, uh, the discussions with <clears throat> prior to implant is really about all these systems. I'm not going to go into the studies, the census studies, and some of the other studies, because it's just a, I don't know, it's mind-numbing data. And these companies don't don't get it when they're presenting their data. It just glosses us over. We want to know the facts, the red lines, what is important. I don't want to see endless graphs. I don't want to hear endless numbers. And we have more pain control by visual analog or by the Oswestry index. People can do X, Y, Z. No, I want to truly know if these people are happy, they're able to sit longer, take less medicine, move around, I'm sure there's a study out there. Are they taking less narcotics to elimination? I'm sure there is. I've heard there is. But um, as everybody in Missouri would say, show me. And um, it, it was referenced in a couple of these, lef- uh, le- you know, these lectures. And one of the references is in this opioid crisis, hey, don't you want to do stuff so that people take less opioids? Well, when you think about it, Some people are having pocket problems. Some people are having breakthrough problems. Some people are wondering if they're getting true stimulation because it's an HF10 unit. Um, Some people just don't have the right programming parameters. They're going to need some kind of rescue. So let's just not say we're eliminating narcotics. That's not going to happen. 
but you can, I think, substantially decrease your opioid load simply by having a stimulator trial. And that's what the trial is all about. You get you get to try it before you buy it, kind of like a test drive. So that's good. And uh, I think everybody ought to consider that. You know, I, I think you could make an argument for the StimWave unit that the trial is really the permanent. You can do it that way. All right, so also um, we're going to... Um, you know, give a, a shout out to uh, the Boston Scientific folks as well, uh, Abbott and uh, some of the other uh, companies. But Boston believes that high frequency is somewhere around 2,000 hertz, and that's probably true. Yeah, I don't think y'all have to go all the way up to 10,000. And even though you get a little paresthesia, you're still getting a pretty doggone good relief cycling. So, um, Kudos to the stimulator folks. You're policing yourselves. You're really trying to get registries together to see if this technology really helps you. And hats off to you. So I'm looking forward to more meetings where we keep hearing evolving data. There's this, uh, there's a couple of groups that are really into neuro um, <clears throat> this neuromodulation uh, or modifying pain perception with these advanced devices. And they present at annual meetings regularly. And they're big, well-attended meetings, so um, they have one coming up in January. You know, I'll probably be getting some big updates on neuromodulation. I got, I've gotten some hints of what's coming, so it's all pretty good, but I don't like how they measure outcomes, and that has to change because in the real world, I've been putting these in since 1990. Um, yeah, there's, there's better technology, and there's uh, I think better outcome and, and a lot of good rescues to uh, a unit that was in trouble uh, or maybe not placed right, better technologies there. But what it comes right down to is patient satisfaction. And you have to carefully pick who gets these. Unfortunately, a lot were picked very poorly. Now, it wasn't that long ago that there was a significant financial incentive to do a lot of these. And, uh, and, and interestingly, that was the era I pretty much stopped doing them because the technology was, it just wasn't going anywhere. Uh, Medtronic, a big company, had just aging technology. And they weren't really seemingly interested in stimulation, although I love the reps. Um, and... I think that's changed. Uh, Medtronic has some has some good stuff now. So there's a re-emergence uh, in all these companies to embrace uh, technology that has pretty much exploded in the past five years. So uh, there you go. So, all right, more on that later. Now, I'm also going to have a podcast on uh, stem cells. Uh, it's not really stem cells. I'm not going to call it that. Uh, MSCs, we'll call them mesenchymal stem cells, um, and that's not even a good term. And um, in particular, I'm going to talk about microvascular components and uh, exosomes. This is really cool stuff. Exosomes, uh, oh boy, they could really turn some people's lives around. What are exosomes? Well, it's uh, going to be presented in the context of uh, quantum and quantum theory because my brain kind of wraps around uh, 
<laughs> both of these living in the same kind of uh, general universe. Uh, my first choice of a job, I wanted to be an astrophysicist, and at the time it just didn't work out. I mean, I, I wanted to fly, and I couldn't fly because of my eyes, so hello medicine. And um, that was a long time ago. And now, you know, my interest in quantum hasn't changed, but a lot of <laughs> parallels in the parallel universe uh, is starting to emerge in my head about where we're headed with regenerative medicine. So I'm going to have an opportunity uh, to talk about uh, some really cool stuff. And thank you, Doug Spiel. He's a smart, smart, smart uh, doc who's immersed himself in this stuff. Um, and as a product disclaimer, he, I think, has something to do with the company that's trying to promote those. But that's fine. Um, we want emerging technologies to be rewarded if they change people's lives, if they really mean something. By God, you know, let's give it up, you know. Uh, let Ferrari make all the money in the world for cranking out cars that people want. Let some of these other companies in medicine, uh, and, and I'm talking responsibly, uh, make some money uh, as an incentive for R&D and, and moving forward. And we really want that. So, anyway, um, I'm just about home from the airport. I want to thank everybody from New York and New Jersey Society for having me up there. Uh, it was beautiful. I, I, I feel like my head's plugged in a light socket every time I go to New York. Uh, it, it's The skyline is, is just breathtaking. Um, the crowds aren't. Uh, transportation isn't. But... It is a beautiful city, and if you haven't ever been there, please go. I'd suggest you not go in the winter. Uh, maybe maybe late spring all the way through late fall. Late fall's best. So with that, I'm almost home, so podcast in a car is going to end, but please rate and review. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I read everything you send me, and I appreciate it, and it's uh, kind of helps me evolve into conversations uh, that I have in the podcast. Um, now that the speaking season's behind me, I'm going to change platforms because I keep losing podcasts due to bandwidth, so sorry about that. I'll reintroduce those podcasts later. And I, uh, again, uh, appreciate those reviews, and uh, you go to iTunes to do that. Uh, leave me a message, and I'll talk to you soon.